You're listening to the Rediscovering Biblical Manhood podcast. We're growing men who fear the Lord, but do not fear their identity in Christ. The enemy is hard at work in our fallen world. So come on, join us in fighting for the restoration of men's hearts through the church, the word, and our risen Savior, Jesus. We are rocking and rolling again, Jay. Welcome back to another week. And today we are rolling into another fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, there's our word, gentleness and self-control, and against such things there is no law. So Jay, we roll into today talking all about faithfulness, which for many of our believers and maybe even non-believers that are listening in could be perceived as quite an easy fruit of the Spirit. I think that's a misconception once you start digging into it. Uh, faithfulness is... Boy, that word can mean so many things. It can it can bring so many connotations. Are you faithful to your wife? Are you faithful in your work? Are you faithful to this or to that? Uh, but the biblical context is a little bit different. Yeah, what's your definition, Jay? For me, when I think about that word faithfulness and in the context of the fruit of the Spirit, I start to think about trust mm. in Jesus and you know, what is my trust level in Jesus? That's an aspect of my faith. And I think from a fruit standpoint, as, as we walk out our Christian life, as we're in discipleship, as we use that big church word, as sanctification grows in us, as our life changes, because here's the thing, Chica, I think what has been lost with the gospel is so many people claim to be Christians and so few of them demonstrate any life change. Most Christians don't look any different from anybody else professing or not professing faith. Same sins, same attitudes, but, but, but followers of Christ are supposed to be radically different, really different. And the fruit of the Spirit is how the world is supposed to see that. People are supposed to be able to look at you and go, wow, you live different than me and you care about different things than me and you trust differently than I do. So when I think about that faithfulness, I think about, am I growing in my trust in God? And is that changing my life? And is that outwardly demonstrated in the way I act and the way I pray and fill in the blank? In the Christian context, what Christ has done, I believe what Christ says about the death and resurrection of his life. Like awesome. I be- and I believe that that means this. And because of that, I, I have faith that this, right? And so for me, when I think about this fruit, we, we talked a lot about... Um, the different fruits. And, and this has been such a fun conversation. And we talked about self-control almost being like one of the baskets, but I also think faithfulness is one of the other foundations, right? So you got, you have to choose the fruit, mm. you, you got to demonstrate it. And then you got to believe the Christian life is too hard to fake, too hard to fake. Amen. So Chica Dallas Willard has a quote, and and for me, faithfulness comes down to this. I said it's about believing Jesus. And he says, you know, we appear to be ready to believe that the latest studies have more to teach us about love and sex than Jesus does, and that this guy knows more about finances or that guy knows more about the cosmos. We don't believe Jesus has the answer to all these things. And interestingly enough, what we spontaneously look for and where we look for information on how to live 
shows how we truly feel and where we have confidence. And so if we're not looking to Jesus and what he says about how we're supposed to live for how we're supposed to live, to me, that's the lack of faith. Like we say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I believe in God. And then I look in all these other places for how to live my life. When Jesus is standing right there going, I'm the teacher. I'm the greatest plumber. I'm the greatest electrician. I'm the greatest businessman. I'm the greatest uh, you know, astronomer. We don't ask his opinion. We don't have faith in him. And it kind of, I would wrap up by saying, if you think about, do you remember the story of the, the Roman leader who comes to Jesus and says, my servant's sick and can you heal him? And Jesus is like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll come right over to your house and do it. And the guy's like, no, no, no. I'm not, worried <laughs> that I, I'm not worried that I have you in my house, but I'm a man under authority and I know how this works. So you just say the word Jesus and he will be healed. And Jesus says, Jesus, the Bible says Jesus is astonished by the man's faithfulness, his faith. And he says, I've never met anybody with so much faith. To me, that's a great example. The man trusts that Jesus is who he says he is, that Jesus has power and authority, and that Jesus knows more about life and how to live it than we do. That to me is faithfulness, that I believe what Jesus says and I act on it. Uh, I know that you and I have data as as part of our jobs corporately and and pretty much as we walk through personally too we're, we're very much interested in data so i've got a data fact to throw at you and then i have a question for you after that jay maybe spice it up a little here after the, your great introduction to faithfulness so i opened up my bible this morning the new testament so matthew 1 and then i turned to the very last page of the new testament at the end of revelations come lord jesus come and uh there's 257 pages now, I then jumped online and Googled, because the word of the day is faithfulness, how many times does faithfulness appear in the New Testament? And the answer came back 227. So I'm like, okay, let's do math real quick. 227 out of 257 pages must be a pretty important word, but this is what I love. There are only three books of the Bible that faithfulness is not actually used. And the Greek word for faithfulness, I've got it here in front of me. <laughs> And I don't know how to speak Greek, so excuse the accent. It's, it's pistis, and it's, it means the personification of good faith, trust, and reliability. So pistis, Jay, does not appear in the entire book of John, in the entire book of First John, and in the entire book of Second John. So when we get to heaven, I've got a really big question for John. He doesn't mention faith and or pistis, faithfulness. So let me pause and get your reaction. I love, I love how you pronounce that. Um, yeah, that's a great, that's a great, I guess I would say thinking about John. And I think when you think about the writings of John and who John is, I think John takes, takes as a matter of faith mm -hmm. that those reading him that are followers of Christ have faith. You think about the beginning of John and it basically says, this is who Jesus is. Deal with it. You're going to, and so I, that's such an interesting analysis. I'll tell you, I, it is important, so important to understand, you know, the original language and what it means. And, and, and can you repeat that definition again? Yeah, the f uh, faithfulness in Greek is pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And it was the personification of good faith, comma, trust and reliability. So think about that. Is Jesus reliable? Is he good? And can we have faith that he is going to come through for us? If I am not growing in faith, Mm. I, I don't truly believe that Jesus is going to come through, then I'm going to do what Dallas Willard said. I'm going to go to, I'm going to say, Jesus, uh, you're great. You say a lot of cool things. I might even go to church, but then I'm going to go to all these other places that the world provides to try to get my answer on. 
am I going to be okay? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, Jesus, what's going on in my life? These are the fears I have. This is what I'm dealing with. Am I going to be okay? And how do you want me to react? Rather than going, and it, it doesn't mean you shouldn't read books and articles and try to get an understanding of what you're going through. Of course you should. But at the end of the day, if you're a follower of Christ, if you're a disciple of Jesus, claim that mantle for yourself, your answer needs to be coming back and sitting at the feet of the master and saying, so Jesus, what do you think about everything I've read and the situation I'm in? And um, am I going to be okay? And letting him speak into your life. And, and at the end, do you believe that? He is the example too, Jay. I've been doing a lot of reading around Judas's betrayal and Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane and knowing the burden that was on his shoulders, or not me knowing personally, but now knowing as a reader what the burdens were that he was carrying. Isn't it fascinating that when he turned to the, the heavens in his prayer, he knew that he wanted God to take this cuppeth away from him. But not my will, God, yours. And is that not what we've been talking about? Is that not the steadfastness, the the the, the consistency, the allegiance. It's this idea that we have entrusted our convictions that the scriptures accurately reflect uh, reality for us as believers. Yeah. And I'll be honest, like this has one of been, been one of my great struggles as a believer. You know, I, uh, I quickly turn to all those resources world. I quickly lean on my own understanding. Uh, it is easy for me to give in to panic and anxiety and fear and so, you know, there's this wonderful story in the Bible when a man brings his son to Jesus and he, he has not been able to find relief for his son's ailment anywhere in the world. And he brings him to Jesus and he's like, can you help him? And, uh, and Jesus is basically like, you know, do you believe I can? And the guy's like, I, I believe you can help my unbelief. And I find myself often these days praying, help my unbelief, Jesus, because this is a fruit I have personally struggled with. But as I continue to grow in my walk with Jesus, I really can see how if we can find a way to cut out the noise of the world and really seek his face, he, he will provide those answers. I'll tell you something else I struggle with, you guys. If you think about the second half of Romans 12.3, and this became very helpful to me once I understood this. So Romans 12.1 and Romans 12.2 are these great passages about respecting the body and not, not conforming to the pattern of this world. And if you do those things, you, know, you can really know God's will for your life. And then it goes into Romans 12.3. Well, the back half of Romans 12.3 talks about um, living life with the measure of faith that has been granted to you. And I had to do a lot of study around that. I'm like, wait a minute. God gives people different levels of faith? And I get really angry. And I'm like, what? That is that's terrible. Wait, wait. Say that, say that again, Jay, just in case the listeners, hey, if you're driving, listen up to this again. So Ask God, me. the Bible says that God measures out different levels of faith to people. And so, you know, if you've met those people, my wife is like this. Like, they just is have so like, much. Is that like my truck holds more fuel than my, my Mini Cooper? Like, is that what you're referring to there? Yeah, it's like naturally, some, some of us have been granted more faith more ability to trust than others of us. Whoa. Whoa, right? I mean, that is, yeah. And so you, you go, You Whoa. mean we're not all equal, Jay? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord, have mercy. So no, right? However, what's interesting is it makes total sense if you think about we've all been given a different mission and God has something different intended for our life. But, but so I, for a while, I was kind of angry about that. 
And then I was like, I don't understand that. Like, that doesn't make sense to me, God. Why, why would you do that? And then as I, I kind of asked and I talked about it, and you know, what I really came to understand and accept is our life is about leaning in to the measure of faith we've been given. And then as we lean into that measure, it's like, it's almost like you can get more and that the fruit of the spirit grows in you. And it's like this beautiful flywheel, right? Flywheels are hard to start really difficult to stop. And when it starts spinning, the more you lean into God, the more you press, press, press into your faith. So as I've learned to press more into and try to exercise the measure of faith I've been given and not worry that it doesn't look the same as somebody else. And so I really came to just say, okay, Jesus, you gave me the measure of faith that's appropriate for the life path you've laid out for me. And I need to just trust that and trust, trust. that you have a better plan trust in in uh, that that Jesus and God's works and their character is for real. And I want to come back to what you said earlier too, Jay. That was, by the way, thank you. And what you said at the start was that the spirit, this fruit of the spirit is a choice. And so to your point there of pressing in every day, we wake up every day and it's a choice to go forward and have that faith. A number of different resources, I think, that are in scripture, specifically in Hebrews, that you could go and read where I it's, it's Hebrews 11 I was reading earlier this week that gives the longest list of the faithful men and women of the Old Testament from Abel to Abraham. I mean, think of that. Was, was God really testing the works of Abraham laying out his son or was there something deeper there? You know, you think of Noah, you think of all of the old school folks. And then to your point, there's all those New Testament, the, the lady that just jumped for Jesus's ankle and said, if I just touch him, if I just touch him, I will be healed in faith. She, she launches forward. So I think Hebrews 11 is, is a great starting point for our readers, but also Hebrews 12. So Hebrews 12, 1 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that is so easily entangled. And let us run with the perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Yeah, Chica, I, I love I love both of those passages in Hebrews. Hebrews 11, the, the Hall of Fame, the faithful Hall of Fame. And, and you make a great point. All of those people, their life is marked by, oftentimes it then says, and God counted it as a credit to their life, their faith, right? Abraham's faith to leave Ur, his faith with his son. You know, you think about when people get in trouble in all the biblical stories, it's when they don't have faith. The 12 spies go off, 10 come back and they're like, they're too big. We can't take the promised land. Two have faith, 10 don't. And God says, as a result of those 10, you guys are going to wander for, you know, like another 40 years, whatever, until that generation dies out. If we believe that that Jesus is the author of our faith and perfects our faith, then we'll have to ask the next logical question. Well, what's our role? And our role is to trust and press and live it out and do it all over again. And, and, and the kingdom of God is now. Eternity is now. John 10, 10, Jesus makes it very clear. I did not come and save you for later, right now. Hmm. Right now, I want you to have life and I want you to have it to the full. The kingdom of God is alive. It's not a place. It's me. I am the kingdom of God, Jesus says, right? And, and so you go, well, I want, I, I want to live the full kingdom life right now, which requires me to believe what Jesus is saying, have faith, in the story and plan he's laid out and then live. And this is the important one, I think, because Jesus models it so well. And then just live for today, not for yesterday, not for tomorrow, 
It's our daily bread. The kingdom is a present moment, always in the present. This is why God's always doing something new. He, he looks back in celebration, but people try to repeat patterns in their life. They try to recreate this. Oh, that vacation was so wonderful. Let's try to do it again. Hey, God's an artist, man. He's not into doing it again. He's doing new things. And so if we live every day, like think about musicians, they'll play you the old song and they love it. But what gets a musician fired up? It's right in the new music. If we live just in the day and go, God, that was so awesome yesterday what you did, or yesterday was a really hard day, God, but you got me through it. But what's today? What's today? Because the kingdom is a today, right now life, right now life. Amen, Jay. Another great discussion. And thank you for teaching. Thank you for listening. And thank you, our listeners, again, for just tuning in and listening to two guys wanting to rap about the fruits of the Spirit. So let me pray, Jay, and then we will say goodbye to this week. Oh, Lord, thank you for the ability to have a great discussion around your fruit, Lord. We know that you initiated this for us. We know that you gave your example of your son for this for us. And we know that we've got a gift in the fruit of faithfulness in the Holy Spirit. So Lord, as we continue what you started, may we sustain this every single day, specifically today, um, as you've empowered us to walk in this fruit. So let us choose you, Lord. We love you very much. And we say all of this in Jesus' name. Thanks again for joining us for another episode at Rediscovering Biblical Manhood. We're excited that you are still here with us and cheering us along all the way. So we would love for you just to take a moment, jump on the app that you're on and choose the five-star rating for this podcast. It doesn't take a lot for Jay and I to talk to each other, but we do love your feedback. So again, if you could just hit the five-star rating and maybe even send us a note, we'd be really interested after we finish the fruits. What are some of the topics you would love to hear? We've got numbers of listeners from around the world, from Brazil to Australia, Germany to US. So knowing that we're now global, we'd love to hear what you are interested in. So give us a shout out, send us a link, and we will talk to you real soon.